0: We've been living here for three and a half years, all the time saying that we need to do something about our pond. Well, finally, we are.
1: Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of May the 2nd, 2013, dealing today with all matters related to our little pond that we inherited when we purchased Longleaf Breeze. This is a one-acre pond that is part of our core campus, but not visible from either the barn or the lodge.
0: Yeah, it's really a pretty little pond. It's, um, in fact, it's surrounded by, um, I think, too much thicket, but probably because of that, we have a lot of wildlife habitat. And I'm not saying we would lose it if we thinned that out a little bit. But um, we go down there and look and enjoy and take our little John boat out once in a while. But um, we really haven't been able to do anything. I will say this. When we first started looking around the property and trying to decide where we want to build our house, we actually considered building our house over um, close to the pond and thinning out trees so that we could overlook the pond. And look out on
1: it from where we were living. Mm Um,
0: and we decided not to though because we had we found an even better place with a high uh, on a high point on the land with a beautiful view of the valley. So but we still have the pond and it's still a nice
1: thing to look at. And it is still very pretty. Yes. Uh we just love going down there and checking on it and so forth. Well, let's talk about some things that are good about the pond. One is that it's spring fed and it has good dam integrity at least now. Which means that the water level never changes much at all.
0: Even in the drought of 2007, when I just thought for sure we would see the water level plummet. Um, of course, that was the first year we owned the property, and I don't think we realized then. Well, we
1: really didn't know what to expect. Yeah, but. that
0: it, but that it was fed by an underground spring. We suspected it, but... Um we began to observe it more closely. We noticed that it did keep its water level pretty well. Even with the spillway that we've constructed, it's still, it still, it can, it can get full when it rains a lot. But um, it's not losing any water. So that is an advantage to have that spring feeding it.
1: Another advantage of it is that it is clearly a viable ecosystem. There's a lot of life in our pond right now. Oh,
0: yeah. Lots of little... Um, I guess I'd call them tree frogs, but there's some sort of frog. And
1: lots of insects yeah. and waterfowl and fish and tadpoles. Um, and every now and then
0: every now and then we see a turtle out there.
1: And turtles. Um, it is close to the barn and the lodge as we already said, so that you can easily walk down to the pond. I'd say maybe a three or four minute walk from the barn. And maybe five from the lodge. So it's yeah. really close. Yeah. Uh, but it's not visible because there's a little bit of a, a hump, I guess is mm-hmm. the right word for it, between the pond and the other two yeah. buildings.
0: And one thing we can do is keep even a better path between the entertainment buildings and the pond than we do now. And maybe eventually put some little footlights or something. I mean, there are all kinds of ways we can connect that pond to our dwelling. It's close enough to do that.
1: Absolutely. Okay, some things that are not so good about the pond. uh, For starters, it was neglected for about 50 years, maybe longer. We don't know. At least 50 years, I guess is the right way to say it. And we say at least 50 years because there are trees growing on the back of the dam that are at least 50 years old. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Right. We know that they when they built the dam, the trees came down, so those had to have come up Right, since its building. Right.
1: The pond is out of balance. For years, we've been saying that means too many little fish and not enough big fish. That's probably too simplistic. I, I guess the more technical way to say it is the big fish aren't allowed to get big enough. There are too many of them, too many larger fish, and as a result, no larger fish can really reach its full size. And as a result, you end up with a lot of medium-sized fish, I guess is the right way to say it.
0: Which, you know, who wants to fish for that? And it's, you know, they're not worth really catching. Plus, it would be nice to have, to stock it with the kind of fish that we want to have in there.
1: There's a lot of vegetation Um, around the edges of the pond. We, We don't know how it got there, but it's probably very natural for it to be there. And there's no valve. There's no way to empty the pond, which is sort of pond management 101 nowadays. You need to be able to use your valve and lower the pond level significantly to when you need to treat the water and that sort of thing. Well, we can't do that. Right. Our pond level is going to stay where it is unless you were to do something really dramatic like install a pump or something like that. Right,
0: which uh, it's not worth it to do that. And we, in a sense, have a natural pump with the spring. You know, we have water coming in. Oh, yeah. So, um, so that's pretty good. And with all these problems, then – we were just sort of scratching our heads about what to do, and over the years, we've had various people come to either look at the pond, or we've talked to them with all kinds of expertise about ponds, and we've heard all kinds of recommendations. Uh, Everything from get some sterile carp to eat the vegetation that's in the bottom, to put in some dog food and see what, you know, comes up, to, um, you know, just try fishing, and and we actually have had a couple of people try to fish and their hooks get caught on the vegetation down there and or they catch these little fish that aren't worth keeping. Um, But the most extreme recommendation we were hearing was kill everything and start over.
1: And we heard that repeatedly.
0: Repeatedly, yeah.
1: And may still end up doing it. Um,
0: But we don't want to do
1: that. That really does not nourish our soul I know. to talk about killing everything in this very viable ecosystem just because we feel like it needs to be different um, yeah. we just that's very difficult for us it doesn't work with who we are so we have as a result done nothing for five years yeah well our dear friend Mallory mm-hmm. Kelly. Recommended that we have a conversation with Dr. David Klein. Uh, David is an aquaculture expert um, with Auburn University, and readily agreed to meet with us. Um, he was very we nice. We went to lunch with him and very and helpful. We laid out what we knew about the pond and what we hoped to accomplish, and he could not have been more helpful.
0: Right. So based on his recommendations and um, our thoughts about what's feasible at at this point in time, we've developed a plan, which we actually yesterday began to act on.
1: And I guess that's why we thought it might be helpful to start talking about this as part of the podcast this week, because it is fresh for us. It's fresh.
0: Yesterday, I took a trip to American Sportfish. And that is located on the Troy Highway um, in Alabama, uh, near, near Montgomery, and um, bought some sterile carp. They're called grass carp. We bought eight of them because the, the recommendation that David gave was eight to ten fairly large carp. For an acre pond.
1: You wanted them to be big enough so that they would not be quickly eaten by other big fish.
0: Right, because we really don't know. That's one thing we haven't mentioned. We don't really know for sure what's down there. Um, we could have spent almost a $1,000 to have somebody come in and figure out exactly what's in there. But we just decided to skip that and, and spending all that money because it might, you know, if we if we got the wrong kind of information, or not that the information would be wrong. If we got a recommendation we didn't want to hear, like kill everything and start over, um, you know, that we might not really get our money's worth because I don't know that I'm willing to do that.
1: So exactly, I I think the concern we had about the hire me and let me come in and spend a thousand dollars to find out what's there is we feared that what we were going to hear is, now that we found out what's here, kill everything and start mm-hmm. over. Yeah, yeah. And we sort of know how that works. Mm-hmm. So our hope is that instead of spending $1,000 and then spending even more and killing everything, we might try spending four or $500 and just see how it works.
0: Yeah, yeah. Knowing
1: so- that we could easily end up spending that big money and killing everything later but we just want to try this first so that we're satisfying our souls
0: and we may not need to but the the sterile carp are the first step because they eat that vegetation off the bottom we got the the standard size that american sport fish sells is nine to twelve inches which was big enough Um, if there are some big bass in there they're big enough to survive that and by the way one reason that we think there might not be any bass in there. Um, David Klein had said, asked if we had any frogs, bullfrogs." And I said, "Oh yes, I can hear them." He said, "Well, usually bass eat the. I guess when they're in the tadpole stage, they'll be their population would be severely curtailed if we had bass. So we're likely our car- carp um, will not encounter bass. Um, but but anyway, we wanted to be sure we got them in a, at a large enough." Uh, size so that it could survive. So yesterday, first step, went to the American Sport Fish and got these fish, and they were really pretty. I, I don't know what I expected them to look like. Yeah,
1: they're not gold. They are uh, they just look like sort of green fish. Yeah,
0: and so we um, they, they're they packed. I didn't expect this either. It was interesting. A, a plastic bag full of water, and that's in sort of a, a makeshift ice chest thing that they put it in, and you take it back, take it home. To your pond, and put the bag of water of fish with the fish in it in the pond water in the shade. You don't want the sun beating down on it uh, for 10 to 15 minutes, so that the 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 temperature of the water in the bag can become equalized with the temperature of the water in the pond. You don't want to shock your fish. So we did that, and then it was really fun. We uh, you clip the bag open with an Exacto knife and then just let them swim off into the pond. So
1: And they were not, it, it took them a while to swim off. You know, yeah. they were sort of okay and they just sort of one by one wandered out. Mm-hmm. It probably took four or five minutes for them yeah. all to exit yeah. that bag.
0: And we had the a- added excitement of my trying to hold on to Adi by the leash so that he wouldn't immediately dive in and begin harassing fish possibly biting one. We just didn't know what would happen, yeah. so we had to make sure he didn't become part of the situation there.
1: The next aspect of our tr- of our plan is for us to begin feeding the fish now just to see what's there, and I have already begun doing that using white bread. No, that's not nutritionally complete, but, it's, but I don't care at this point. I'm just trying to find something they'll come up and feed on, so I can see the fish that are in the pond.
0: Yeah, this is not you're trying to feed them. This You're just doing a little investigation at this point.
1: And what I found yesterday and today, which I have not had a chance to share with you, is we have 8-inch catfish in our pond right now.
0: And you're sure they're
1: catfish? I'm pretty sure they're catfish. Wow. Uh, which may change the rest of the plan we're about to share with you. Uh, The next aspect of the plan is that in the fall, we were planning to stock with about 500 bluegill, which you probably know as brim. Mm -hmm. Then they would have a chance to spawn and be ready over the winter for us to introduce about 50 bass in June of 2014.
0: And we want them to spawn because
1: they will provide good food. forage for the bass. That's
0: what I was thinking. They, and they're, they're little babies, and they become part of the meal for the bass. So.
1: And then we would be ready to begin fishing the pond in the fall of 2014. And here is where the probably the hardest part kicks in. Once we start fishing, we have to keep fishing. We have to keep pulling out those bass, um, because if we don't, they will multiply and they will all be too small. And the size of the bass will be stunted.
0: Yeah.
1: It's counterintuitive. You would think that if you catch a bass and it's too small, you need to throw it back so it can get bigger. But they say it's actually the opposite. If you catch a bass and it's too small, pull it on out, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Because the fewer there are, the larger they can get.
0: Yeah, sort of like thinning your uh, your fruit off your
1: <laughs> exactly fruit tree. It's sort of like thinning, you know, thinning extra fruit. Mm-hmm. And anytime we want to, including now, we could begin raising catfish in cages. They say in cages because catfish will compete with the bass. And may not let the bass become large enough. And that's why when I saw those 8-inch catfish already in our pond, I became concerned. We'll have to run that by David and see if he changes his recommendation any. It's Mm -hmm. possible, I'm not saying this is the case, but it's possible that we will decide to simply give up on bass
0: and just have catfish, and
1: have brim and catfish,
0: which would be fine with me because I love catfish.
1: I, I like catfish too, and I think people would enjoy fishing for catfish. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's I don't think having catfish already established in the pond is consistent or compatible. With trying to have a bass and right. brim.
0: That's, uh, that's true. And um, although, do we need to put brim in so that the catfish have something to eat?
1: I don't know. We need to talk I to I suspect David. we yeah. do.
0: Yeah. Um, and and the thing about having the catfish in cages, if we went with that plan, is that we would have to feed them. If they're If they're in a cage, they don't go out and forage for their own food. We would feed them. And by the process of feeding them, that would fertilize the pond. If we don't do the catfish in cages, we'll have to come up with another plan for that.
1: That's right. And if we have catfish in cages, they will not reproduce in captivity. So Mm -hmm. we'll have to keep replenishing Mm -hmm. the cage with fresh minnows. Yeah.
0: So we have lots to think about, lots to plan for. And it's fun. But yesterday, I think you and I both decided going down there and releasing those carp that it was really fun. Oh, it was a lot of fun. I can get into this. Um, so we've kind of embarked on a whole new chapter of our farm existence here. The one and, uh, thing
1: that we have noticed that is not pleasant is Adi is really not good company when you're trying to deal with the fish. He wants to be in the water, swimming around. He wants and when I put him in the boat so he won't swim around the boat, he's very restless in the boat. He's constantly moving around in the boat you know, walking around and sticking his head in, down in the water. and Which then, is
0: cute, but that scares the fish off. <laughs> it
1: does, and he's just clack, clack, clacking on the, his claw, his paws are clack, clack, clacking on the base of the boat, and I know that's disconcerting to the fish as well.
0: Well, they so, d- just won't come bite,
1: so. I just, I, I don't know yeah. what we're going to do about that. With, that's just one more little obstacle we've got to deal with. Yeah.
0: Well, you did say you managed to train him not to come in the water yesterday.
1: When I am on the bank, I can persuade him not to enter the water. I cannot do that when I'm in the boat. I can't keep him from swimming out to the boat.
0: He wants to be with you. You know how he is. Got to keep
1: the pack together. Yeah. Well, that's um, sort of where we are with the pond. Thank you for watching this and enjoying it with us. And we'll keep you posted on the progress as things continue. Hope you have a good week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's
0: longleafbreeze.com.